Welcome to Art School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life, hosted by Sibylla Dalman and Rosalind McNally. This week is episode one, and we're discussing anchoring and stabilizing during these times. How have you been doing this week? I have been doing good this week. Um, I think we are on Friday. So the last couple of weeks have been interesting. So um, sort of from the lens of sort of stabilizing and anchoring, I am finding that the movement is a big part at the minute, not way because we are in sort of isolation. So the daily movement out and about having good big walks is really helping me just stay connected to the physical body. But for me, it's very much a part um, of walking things off. Not way. Like, so if I find energy is stagnant in me or if I find I'm getting sort of the energy bolt up in my system that way like and, and I don't maybe have access to things I usually would be maybe doing walking is like the key thing for me that way I'm like a little dog sometimes like that way I just need to be taken for a walk that way so if there's this bold up or if I'm getting a little bit antsy or if you know you kind of just like you know you feel you should be doing something but you don't really want to be doing it that way like so I'm finding the walks are massive that way like so they're about an hour and a half out just out in nature just along the roads just looking at all the trees because we're blessed we still have a lot of greenery around us and a lot of the fields a lot of animals and all so that's been really good and then just really taking care of myself like that way so just allowing myself to go at my own pace that way like so I find that at the moment is really sort of allowing me that space to really tune into what I need that way on all mm. levels, physically, mentally, and emotionally, like of really just checking in and going, okay, what do I need today? Do I really know, do I feel I need to be doing something? Do I feel I have that energy available for that? Or do I feel I just actually just want to, you know, sit about or chill or read some books or listen to podcasts or do whatever I might want to be doing or cooking or anything like that way. So they're kind of the little things I'm doing for myself and then the cooking would be another part as well, which I always do anyway, but it's just really, you know, it's nice to have that extra bit of space and time to be doing it. And then of course there is my spiritual practices, which I wouldn't be without at these times or at any times that way. Like, so they're a great anchor point to come back to. But for me, it's finding these little points in the days where it's just like stop, pause, mm -hmm. check in on all levels that way. Like, and then at nighttime, just really check in and make sure going to bed and going to sleep without carrying all the energy of the day with me into that there. Because the odd time I've done that, I don't sleep the same way as I do when I do my little practices beforehand to empty out. Like, yeah. So mm -hmm. that's sort of where I am finding myself at the minute. Like, and what about you, Sibylla? Yeah, you know what? Um, going for walks is just so, so healing for me. For me, mainly the walks are about, you know, coming back into my body. And I find there's nothing like when your feet meet the ground. And um, you're blessed here that the weather is okay enough. So I'm also trying to walk as much bare feet as I possibly can, you know. And it's just slowing everything down for me. I find those last couple of days and weeks... Um, yeah, really just a need to to be very, very much 
mindful of what I'm doing. So, you know, whether it's, uh, it's not even slowing things down for the sake of slowing things down, but the attention I pay to whatever I'm doing. So I'd say even making a cup of tea in the morning, you know, making a ritual out of it, you know, the way I fill water into the kettle and the way I switch the kettle on and the way you take your cups down and just making those, those very mundane things beautiful, you know, uh, to me, that's pouring the attention into it. And as a result, everything gets a little slower. And what it does as well, it brings me back into the here and now, brings me back into the breath. Um, and I just find from that point, I'm way more able to, to navigate whatever is going on, you know, because uh, we're living in these times where we just notice maybe these shifts emotionally a lot more within us. And so finding a way to not pushing them out and just ironing over them, but just slowing things down so we can notice everything. Yeah. So for me, daily walks as well. Um, also massive part is the physical yoga practice. Um, and anyone has ever practiced with me knows I'm teaching and practicing super slow, but you know, took it another gear down. <laughs> so have the speed really, and just having this time to really sense into your body and sensing and, you know, anchoring our awareness, our consciousness into the body, because the body really is the vehicle with which we digest everything and we experience everything on a sensory level. And so uh, just coming back into my body just helps me to digest and just to be more present. And, and also it makes a massive difference in terms of um, vitality and not that kind of vitality, you know, where you get massively busy and doing a lot of things, but that sort of vitality where you feel in the moment, you're actually alive, you feel your heartbeat, you feel your breath and you feel that sort of on a cellular level, that, that humming sound, which I think is so important. That's for me when I know I'm anchored, that's for me when I know I'm in my system. So yeah. So it's been like the last few days, weeks, there's been a lot of tactile slowing down a lot of nature uh, and just making the simple really really beautiful you know mm, yeah. the day-to-day -day things like yeah making them just a little yeah, bit I mean, we are limited. yeah because we are limited to our home right and so to me what what it highlighted is a lot of the things that we just took for granted or the things we just brushed over like brushing our teeth and, you know, and, and the way in which we place things in our home, you know, now that we're spending more time in our home, we're, there's just an invitation to me of paying really attention of, you know, how is the environment that I'm living in as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I'm sitting here looking at the window and have little birds flying around and singing. Not well, like, so every morning I hear them singing and all there. Like, and we have the beauty of having a few fields that we look out to as well. Like, so you see the animals and all like, but it's really nice having the nature and the sounds around like that, because it sort of just reminds you of the bigger picture of things like that way. So it's nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's really important to have, you know, both, um, we we're chatting a little bit about that earlier on before we went live here, but, um, about context and detail. And I think, yeah, having nature around or having, even being able to see the sky, even if there's cloud on it or, you know, the wind catching in, in leaves. And I'm just looking out the window as that is happening. Mm. Uh, I just think that is, that is, it's, it's there, there are all these small anchor points to me that, that help me, remember a way of being that has more presence in it. And I think in these times, at the moment when we're talking about anchoring and we're talking about stabilizing our system and, you know, how does it feel when we're stabilized and anchored and how does it feel, you know, when we're off center, how do we notice and how do we bring ourselves back? 
Because mm, at the minute, if you think too, like it's our foundations that are massively shifting in so many different ways, like that way in so many different aspects of it. Like, so in terms of energy, when we look at it, it's like mm. about staying in the body or being in the body, understanding why we maybe are leaving the body or why we're not aware of what's going on in the system as well. Like, but our whole everything that we would maybe our routines, our structures, our day-to-day, like everything that was sort of, you know, the thing that held maybe our, our life together or the thing that we knew, okay, that's going to be happening tomorrow, the certainty of we're going to go to work tomorrow, we're going to go pick up the kids, we're going to do the shopping on Saturday, you know, all those sort of have shifted and changed like that way. So not everybody had the beauty of having other practices that they come to that give them that anchor point that like the beauty of like you being a yoga teacher me being the healer and all there is that we mm-hmm. already had those practices like so we have someone to come back to at these times so even though there's a lot changing that part was such a foundational part of us that it can't be taken away by things externally that way or else for some other people they don't maybe have those those practices that they can come back to so they're sort of feeling like little i think like little boats that are floating out in the water and they just don't know quite yet maybe how to drop the anchor or they're maybe hoping will like will the land come towards me or how do I get towards the land like so there's massive shifts for people on that level like of I just keep seeing like you know the plates in the earth is shifting and moving and you're sort of one foot in one and the other foot in the other but people are kind of going I I I don't know what one I need to put both feet on to like so they're sort of that being pushed and pulled or being a little bit aware mentally of maybe where they're at or maybe not at all and physically not maybe knowing what's going on for them because people are just trying to do the best they can with where they're at at this minute in time like so even though some countries are in it longer than others but I still think people are finding their feet yeah and I think that has so much also to do with with reference points right because when uh, when the plates are shifting and when uh, you know, the point, the question is, how have I defined where I am in life and who I am in life? And um, for for so many of us, we ref- reflect back upon ourselves by looking at the outer world, right? It's like by uh, the, our to-do list, how successful have I been today or how, you know, how organized have I been today or, you know, how we organize our life and we look at other people, how they live their lives. And we, you know, and all of those reference points have been in a way taken away from us at the moment. And so we don't, we don't, a lot of us don't go to work anymore. We're working from home. And so, you know, that connection, that reference point or, um, and that's what makes it so challenging because everything that we felt was we could trust mm-hmm. and we could rely upon is shifting in some way, some more and some less. And so that is just so jarring to the nervous system. Um, if I've never learned to, you know, to take reference from a different point, like the mm-hmm. question is, what are we stabilizing and what are we anchoring into? And, you know, where is our where do we experience our neutral? You know, what is an upward regulation of our nervous system? Mm-hmm. What is a downward regulation of our nervous system? Where do we feel at home and as in within ourselves? You know, how does it feel when we feel good and well within ourselves? And 
for many of us, we've had such busy lives that um, many of us haven't felt quite at home within ourselves for a long time. At least that's that's what came up in conversation with students over the last few few weeks and months, to be honest. Uh, and so it's a question of question of reference points. So for those of us who who remember that feeling, for those of us who have had practices, it's so important that we utilize the practices. So we can access that memory and bring ourselves back to that place. Um, the question is, how do we work with it when we've never had maybe that reference point or if it's so far in the back that we go, I don't want to reference me 20 years ago because that doesn't resonate with mm. me anymore. Yeah, a lot of the points were outside of us. Mm. So how can I find that space? And I know like sometimes when we're in that shift and change and when we're ungrounded and it's like the wound has come and has taken a lot of us with it sort of thing like that way so we've been sort of caught up in everything that's happening but it's like we can still reach and begin that work of finding out what would that look like and feel like in me so no matter what is maybe happening and not an idealistic kind of way but no matter what is happening at least I can find that stillness or that anchoring point in myself so I know that's that's always within me so I can always access it no matter what's going on externally because sometimes if I if I always sort of see it like scaffolding. Sometimes the stability is only the scaffolding on the outside. And once that's taken away, I'm like jelly. Then that just pew, flies everywhere. So it's like, I always like when I'm chatting to clients and all, they're like, oh, but imagine what does that feel like coming from right inside you versus just on the outside? Like, cause it shifts their whole physicality and energy as well. Like, but like a little bit different to different people as well. Like, but just even, begin to think about if there was an anchor point on me where would it be in my body like you know is it my center my heart my head more than likely not the head possibly for some people it could be that way but more than like it's gonna be lower in the body like so it feels really earthy and connected and got roots and sort of real like a little triangle really stable on the earth like yeah I think especially when you're talking about this 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 embodiment I mean and that's why it's so important to feel the physical body because um, this this perception of what's outside of me and what's within me, you know, has to at some point be navigated, negotiated through the physical body and some some element. And so, um, when sometimes the inner world is a little too elusive, you know, because our thoughts change so quickly and our emotions can exp- you know press themselves in all these different shapes and ways. Um, that one way in that I found is really helpful is to use the physical to access the more subtle expression. So to use the body and start to feel the body again. And um, so we can feel like, where am I actually holding tension, you know, and in which way am I holding that tension? And, and then, you know, maybe from there on, the question can go into why am I holding the tension? What is held within that tension? Mm. Who would I be if I wasn't to hold that particular type of tension in that particular place of the body? And to me, that has been always really exciting to explore that because, you know, the body, it gives us so much information, um, physical, somatic information, but then also if we journal around and we sit with it, also intellectual information. So we can work with it in in, in both ways. Um, But also if you think about when we feel very stable, when we feel anchored and settled within ourselves, one of the first physical signs that come with that is an exhalation. It's like you, you look, think about you looking at a sunset. People right away go, the shoulders drop, there's an exhalation. We drop something and mm-hmm. we're coming home into, into that expression. And so um, to looking 
um, and sensing your physicality. So, you, you know, take your shoes off, take your socks off. If you can't go outside barefoot, go inside. So you awaken the sensory um, body within your body and from there start to climb inwards into what else is being held. But I find, I find an embodiment practice is just um, the current times, but to be honest, all throughout, mm. I just find that so, so important because where are we going when we get experience anxiety or when we pushed off center or become destabilized we usually in a physical world when it becomes destabilized you can imagine you're standing on one leg rather than two but not by choice because are pushed over but in a more energetical sense or in a more you know subtle sense when we become destabilized we usually move up and out of our body you know to some extent we just maybe uh, reside in our brain or then even we're looking almost down on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So to me, having the physical practice um, to get your consciousness, your awareness back into every cell. And then as a second, when I started to negotiate and move the body in a nuanced way, not about perfection, but really thinking and sensing into each and every movement is the anchor point from your consciousness back into the body. And I think to me, that is one of the entry points for sure of, of stabilizing the body or stabilizing ourselves. Mm. And what you're saying is interesting because sometimes we're we're not in the body for many reasons. Not well, like, and it's like she said, it's not about the perfection of oh, I now I need to be fully in my body, like, because there's so many reasons why it was safer for us to not be in it. That way, like, so sometimes the energies in the head are out of the body. Sometimes it's, it's sometimes a head. I always when working out there, I can sometimes feel it's a head of people. Not way, like so their energy bodies way ahead of themselves and they're like trying to catch up with it that way or they're a little bit out of it or it's nearly behind them that they're actually nearly physically out of it rather than sitting fully i see it sort of like, you know you're sitting fully in yourself like that way like but there's always so many little reasons why and we live in a world that sort of we're in our heads so much that we sort of forget about the rest of ourselves like that when i know when we do sort of energy work and all their people are like oh my god i can feel my legs and i can feel my feet and i'm like when was the last time you felt that and they're like god oh, i don't know do you know because the awareness isn't you know doesn't drop that far down sometimes because we're logically trying to filter through our work or day-to-day -day stuff and life and what's to do next and the next thing and the next thing that way like that the physical practices like yoga or any practice even walking and all there like gets us more aware of off our body if we allow it but I sometimes would say to people like you know go for a walk or go but take the earphones out because you're still in your head you know listen to your little music or your little podcast I go and become aware of your actual feet on the on the ground like that way but it's so it's like for me sort of having the energy in your body is so important because it gives it's the very first reference point then for everything else that comes after it like because if I don't know where my my energy is like then I I, I don't know what to do with it or what I'm available for what i'm not available for what i have the capacity to continue with or i don't know maybe how i'm reacting to things what's mine what's not mine what belongs maybe to you or to the collective or to my boss or whatever it might be or my kids versus what's my own like so for me it's like the that little anchor and that little stability gives me the the point of knowing whether it's moving away from me whether it's coming back to me you know, how's it moving throughout the body where maybe feeling the tension, the tightness, the anxiety, the, the worry, the fear, what happens when those kind of emotions are moving through my system too. Like, and that's, that's the part I love that way is like, you know, getting people and getting myself to really you know, tune into what's actually going on in the body on an energetic level when you're feeling those things. So, cause we're so used to going, Oh, that's just anxiety or that's, that's fear. 
that that's joy, that's happiness, you know, or, or that's bliss. But like what's going on in the system like that way, because when we know sort of where those are housed or where they maybe live in our body, then we can tap into them at any time. Like because each hold information, like I was chatting to somebody this week and I was like, well, sometimes we're more afraid of the joy that we can hold rather than the actual fear that we're feeling like. You know, it can't, can it be this good? Like, you know, can I allow my body to feel all of that there? Like, or does that actually send me a little bit unstable or a little bit off center? Cause it's like, oh God, but like, you know, we were told in Ireland, like, like, you know, that won't last forever. Somebody will take that away from you. You know, rather than going, that can be a new foundation, that level of security that in yourself, not even the external stuff or that level of peace, that level of joy, that level of of just ha- inner happiness or or whatever it might be it will be the simple things that level of inner stillness can become the new foundation but i think so much we're used to so much was our used to living and i would have for a long time lived at that level of worry and fear were the foundation like so when when, when i did all my inner work and sort of the joy and the peace and the sense of inner security came in for about six months i was like this is weird you know, like this, this can't last, you know, until I realized, oh my God, this is my new normal. Now it took me a long, <laughs> lot of years to get there, but I was like, oh my God. And that new normal was as weird as anything or nearly, I don't want to use the word fear. It wasn't fear, but you know, it's kind of like you're kind of looking around on a new territory going, but like, this is it now, like, and then yeah, adjusting to that there. You're living at a different capacity, you know? I mean, to me, so much of this has to do with um, with connectivity, you know, whether it is connecting the energetical body into the physical body or the, whether it's connecting our psychological, intellectual mind, brain into our heart and into our body. Because when we are fragmented and even if you're fragmented and by preferring certain emotional states versus others, you know, um, to me, what happens when they're all fragmented and not integrated, there's a level of us that knows something is off and, you know, inherently we're built and designed for life. Like, in all our capacity. Um, all the ancient wisdom traditions teach the mm. same thing. It's like yoga is not adding anything to you. It's stripping away what stands between you and your light or you and seeing your full capacity and experiencing your full capacity. And so it's wired into us that if we are in our full capacity, not the best version of yourself, <laughs> you know, but in your full capacity as it is, you're able to deal with life. Now, here's the thing. If you draw your attention or associate yourself with only a certain aspect of your full capacity, let's say your brain or a certain aspect of your body or a certain range of emotional field, it is that reduced awareness of your sense of self that now has to deal with all of life that's in front of you. So 100% of you can meet the moment appropriately. But if you only locate yourself in 30%, the 30% feel now super overwhelmed to meet the moment in, in, in its fullness. And so this is where we oftentimes then also lose trust in ourselves and believe in ourselves. And the reason why we became fragmented at different times and stages can be so individual for each and every one of us. But the recognition then is not that we're not enough. It's really about 
to me about connecting all the different systems and stepping back into that sense of wholeness. And then we notice that because it's not that we become invincible, but there is a sense of, you know, when you wake up in the morning, some days you're like, bring it on. It's almost like a gift. You're almost being um, placed into that sort of sense of fullness. And on those days, you're just not being pushed off center that much, you know, mm -hmm. and it might be an argument happened at work or a super stressful day or whatever it is. And any other day of the week that would have thrown you off. But sometimes you're being gifted these days and they just show up like that and you're, you know, you're able to deal with it. Um, but to me, ultimately, the invitation of all the practices is to find that place and that wholeness and to start weaving the physical with the psychological and the emotional with the spiritual and the, you know, all those different in yoga, we call them all those different layers. Are, we call them koshas and they're all you know, they don't coexist in a vacuum beside each mm. other. They all influence each other. We know how our emotions can all of a sudden manifest themselves in like tight shoulders, you know, or, you know, really this, you know, hollow in the pit of our stomach, you know, a certain fear can manifest there. And the beauty of knowing that these are all connected on some level as we can come at it from any direction. To me, that's really hopeful. It doesn't really matter which doorway you're coming in, uh, what you're using at any given day. If you're using a full on yoga, practice if you're going for walks or if you're sitting down and start digesting psychologically or you're working emotionally or energetically i think ultimately taking all approaches or acknowledging all koshas all layers of ourselves and is what makes the difference and what's one doorway in for you one day might be another doorway in for someone else somewhere else and so finding that i find is is so important as well to have compassion for ourselves we're not broken um, it's really just reigniting all aspects of us. And I think to me, that's what's stabilizing myself. When I think of, okay, I'm stabilizing myself. I don't think about it holding a bracing, you know, it's not a, I'm not looking for a fixed position and that's stable and anything uh, beside that is, is, is unacceptable or instable. To me, stability means to be able to to be moldable and flexible enough to play with the moment. And the way in which we do that best is when we're in our full capacity. So to me, stability really means the journey back to figuring out mm -hmm. how we can embody all of those aspects and how we can have access to them. And then with that, it is, it is easier to deal with the day-to-day -day things as well. You know, and we know that because our vitality is, is up, you know, you know, that it's like, there's just a little bit, bit more depth in your breath and, um, and you just feel more able. You meet life differently. Completely. That way, like, yeah, and stability. Sometimes I'd see that with people who work, on, like, because I teach the energy healing, like, with people, sometimes they think that means you're stuck. Do you know, so there's th this sort of definition of what it means to be rooted or what it means to be anchored, what it means to be stable means I'm stuck then, like, you know, like, as an I, and then especially if they love upstairs, sort of the energy of, of the heavens, the sky and all there, like, well, it means, well, then I can't, I can't have enough of that or I won't be allowed any of that because I'm down here and I'm stuck. And it's a whole like sort of deconditioning around sort of even the definitions of words we have, I think is sometimes really interesting, like of what that, that means. Like, cause to me as well, like, just like you were saying, stability to me means like, you know, you're flexible. You're like the trees outside. They have such beautiful, big, deep roots going deep into the earth. So then that they can rise tall and they're, their branches go the same depth as their roots like but if they only have little baby roots they'll just 
topple over and this or the slightest bit of wind will just lift them and take them to another part of the country sort of thing like but it's the same with us like if we only have little baby roots the little things in life can suddenly come and really knock us off or balance so easily like or we get lifted away by our mind so quickly that to me it's like you know it's like the flexibility you're able to move with it you're not rigid you're not stuck you're able to have the bigger perspective of things or have different perspectives of things that way but you're also you're connected upstairs and downstairs like and to me it never was one or the other but I always find it really interesting for some people it was like it's either this or that I'm like but to me it's both like you know when we have the stability we have the flexibility because nothing's ever rigid and nothing's ever set in stone like it's kind of like you know people chat about balance have your work-life balance and I'm like it doesn't it doesn't exist because it's always totally changing in any given moment to moment like so to me that stability is the same and then the anchoring in to me they mean two different things anchoring is you, I know that space in myself where it's in me and that way like and I can come back to that there the stability is what I feel sort of on the outside in a sense and not by other things but just energetically that sense but the anchoring is that point right in me where I go that's not even me in a sense but it's me but it's like that core energy that goes yep grounded connected to myself and my inner world today versus I, I, I don't know if I'm coming or going Mm, that's gorgeous yeah to me that quality of of anchoring if i think of i'm anchoring then the stabilization is a ripple effect of mm. sometimes but i find when when i don't know what to anchor into then it helps to have tools that allow ourselves to to be more stable so then as we're more stable and more wholesome in the system we actually can anchor back into ourselves because to me as well similar that you said when you mentioned about structures, you know, um, to me, stability or anchoring is like knowing yourself on such a deep level that how you express yourself on the surface from one decade to another can be quite different. As in, even from one year to another mm. can be quite different in terms of what jobs you play, you know, which roles you have in your life, where you live. Um, to me, they're the, they're the whirlings of the leaves, to take your analogy of, of the tree, mm. you know, there's, it's depending on which way the wind waves, you know, you have more of the tree growing this direction, the leaves falling, uh, turning sometimes from the wind at the bottom up and you have these fresh green colors like uh, showing up and then the wind comes another way and then the leaves look way darker. And so these expressions, I think to me stabilization anchoring and into like myself and knowing who I am gives me actually a great amount of freedom freedom to express and so it's the stability that comes from within that's the calmness of the nervous system that goes okay and one lifetime which feels like five lifetimes ago um, I was working in the office in marketing um, and now I can be a yoga teacher but there's a continuum and um, the way I expressed myself as a yoga teacher maybe three or five years ago is quite different the way I choose to express myself mm. now. And it doesn't mean uh, necessarily that one is even better than the other, you know, because like we talked about it so much over the years, linear growth doesn't really exist. To mm. me, it's all spiraling, it's circular around. So it's about, to me, having that inner stability gives me the freedom to explore other ways of being in the outer world. And that has a lot to do when, when we're in traveling, you know, sometimes you just put yourself into a different type of situation. So experience a different way of yourself, aspect of yourself but it's not necessarily better or worse and so when we talk about it in structures what is going now it's it's, it's really interesting as um as we're going through these times 
are we stabilizing ourselves by holding on to what was or can we anchor into something deeper and allow out of that anchoring to feel more stabilized and then have the freedom to let certain external structures change in simple terms of how we work, the volume that we work, you know, how we all of a sudden communicate with our partners, what we took for granted for years now that we're a lot of us 24 hours together and some of us in very small spaces, uh, certain structures, how we communicate, how we give each other space uh, may change. You know, when we come back home eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the evening and see each other for two hours, hours a day you might have a different need in relating to your partner whereas now you might all of a sudden need to carve out some time you need to negotiate on like I love you but I really need my own space or maybe you need your own space and how to do this and that that does not necessarily mean the relationship is broken so to me the ability to anchor within to stabilize our system gives me that freedom of looking at my life at the moment a very practical level and go well what needs to change on the outside in terms of within the confinement of the home Mm -hmm. and then gives me also more trust and more in a a calmness when I look at the external, external changes that are happening at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be the simple things then like, you know, cause sometimes like, especially at these times when we're in a house with like seven kids and a partner and maybe our dog and maybe lambs, God knows what other pets we might have in our houses at this stage or people that way. Like, but when we find ourselves in those spaces, where we're feeling a little bit more sort of claustrophobic in a sense, where we don't have that space that we're maybe used to, or we don't have that outlet of getting outside of the space and walk, walking around or going to our classes and all there, like even though they're maybe online, but in a different format, like that it's like, it's the simple things that will probably give us that sense of stability. Like as in that, as you were chatting about, like, you know, that first thing in the morning of having that cup of tea, like where I often say to people, like, like after a healing session, like, you know, what can I do? What can I do? I'm like, it's just like make a ritual out of your cup of tea in the morning, sit and look out your window, like, and see that as that space for nourishment of taking in, of anchoring in, of grounding into yourself, of breathing into your own body and becoming aware of sitting on the chair. Like, and they're like, like, but more. And I'm like, that's probably enough for a lot of people. Cause that's hard to do because our instinct is, you know, make the tea and maybe, be, you know, making the breakfast for the kids at the same time and maybe watching the news and maybe doing some listening to music and maybe trying to answer a few emails or something so for me it's the little simple things that maybe in this space give us that little point back to ourselves like or even just taking ourselves off down into a corner of the room if we can't get the whole room but just setting those boundaries for this is a space I need at this moment in time, just to allow myself to fully feel myself in my whole body and all be on all levels, like that way. Because I think at the at the moment, people are feeling. Some people are really enjoying that space, but other people aren't having that space, and other people are going feeling they need to be doing something with that space. That way, like even though another person just wants to relax into it, so I think it's really where we're allowing ourselves even those little pockets that we're really getting to even just ask ourselves, what do I need in this minute, like. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like, and that can be a simple answer, like, not do nothing, like, do you know, or just, yeah, pick up that little book and read a page off it. Like, I said, somebody said to me this week, they're a little ritual now because they're working from home. And beforehand, they felt really overpressurized by everything, was that they read a page of a book they've been wanting to read for a long time. And then they start their work. And then that, that's them setting the foundation, the structure, the stability for the rest of their day, then, like, which I think sometimes it's, it's just the small little things that feed us in some way. Or I often say to people just light a little candle. 
you know, like if you have a little altar, if you have your little bits somewhere, light a little candle and set that intention and come back to that throughout the day. Look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, recognizing your needs and how your needs change in different mm-hmm. times and different environments it is one of the doorways in to me into all of spiritual work, you know, because recognizing your needs, there is, there is before you even can recognize your needs there's a level of awareness that has to be present and that already shifts and changes something. And so, um, recognizing your needs in, in these times to me also means, um, you, you, we're, we're, we're being asked to step into a level of responsibility. You know, now we have to some extent um, the opportunity to to set recreate certain structures completely new in our home. And you know, I, I mean, you can look at everything in, in in two ways. We can look at like having no space at home and being very confined in 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 in, in one way of it being very heavy and the walls are coming in. On the other hand, it's like, okay, the playground has been like very clearly marked. And so what am I doing within this microcosm now? You know, what are the mm-hmm. structures? What are my needs? What I you know, what are all the things I didn't have the time to reflect or thought I didn't have the time to reflect beforehand. And now I get to play with those in in this in this small micro level of you know i i can't go outside the house so let's look at how am i from waking up to going to bed um how am i guiding myself throughout the days and to me having a level of curiosity and playfulness with it and as well as i think it's just so important because it's not about nailing it you know it's not about like laying down harshly this is what i do at eight o'clock and at nine o'clock i'm doing this and you know working the day through in that way but maybe give ourselves the permission to to play over these next few days with you know trying different rituals you know doing things back to front front to back a little bit Mm. um you know, maybe starting the day putting on your favorite music and, you know, closing the bathroom door behind you and dancing wildly in the bathroom, you know, for those five minutes to yourself, with yourself, um, that you doing the things that maybe you were only treating yourself after full days of work, you know, like first we work and then we play. Maybe, maybe there, there are other ways of, of, of living. And I think we're all in our individual parts on some level. And, um, one of the, I mean, there's so many invitations at the moment, but one of the invitations to me is really looking at the microcosm and having a playful relationship and uh, in terms of, yeah, you know, what is it that I need right now in order to to feel stable? You know, what are what are sort of the routines and what is my relationship to these routines? You know, I'm, does, do the routines have to be on a to-do list? You know, first five mm-hmm. minutes meditation, then another five minutes breath work. And what does thinking about, you know, these supporting practices, having a relationship to those in that way, what does it do in my body? Or could I allow myself to go, do you know what? Maybe I just need to open the window, uh, look out, find an animal somewhere, a bird flying around, find some softness in my face. And that's my meditation. That might take 20 seconds, you know? So I think to me, the invitation is to be playful, to be creative with, with the, with the inner structures. Um, Cause at some point we will get to go outside again. And so part of me in this time is digesting what came beforehand, uh, but also part of me is laying down already very early and a very simple format foundations for how I want to live when we get to go back out again. Mm. So that work to me, like is, is just, um, yeah, makes me curious and excited. Yeah. This was a shift of the structures 
I think has been coming in anyway as a collective for a good while, but I think this period is where we're really getting to interact with it and choose it as well. Like, so I'd be the same as you from the minute this started and from chatting to people and all there is like, right, so how do I, who do I want to be during this? How do I want to be during this? And then who do I want to be after this? And how do I want to be after that? Cause it'll be changing all the time. So it's not like who I am during this now will be the same in six months or 12 months time. But there are questions I always hold. And if I'm going, if I've been given this space to play with and to be curious with, how do I want to use this time? Like, do you know, like, do I want to do what I was doing and to use it before this here? Like, you know, because some of us would have been in maybe nine to fives or had a very set structure. And I know some of us will still stick to that there, like, because that helps us move through it. That way, but I'm someone going, okay, but that wasn't really working for me what would I like to shift around it or how would I like to play with it? And how it was like Play-Doh, how would I like to move it and change it and maybe add a different color into it that you're not meant to add into it? You know, put, put pink with the green, it clashes, but I like it sort of thing. Like, you know, to see what maybe will work for us in a different way when we move through this here and when we come out the other side of it. Like, but for me, from the very minute, that was what I started thinking was, okay, so if this is the playground and I have this space, how can I use it that it works for me? Versus I could go in and feed so many other stories that I could, I feel very, very far away in my head, but I know that they're there. If I wanted to hook into them and play them, I could play that record very easily. But I was going, okay, you, you, I've been given the space. So how, how do I want to play with it? How do I want to use it? What do I want to get from it? And if it is, and I'm not in a productive ass and I want to output 12 books or something, but asking, like, you know, is it just sitting out on the lawn? Is it, you know, just looking out the window is it having a, a cup of tea like open up all the windows and playing some music is it you know whatever it might be like sort of thing like but the simple things is it maybe not washing my hair every day is it not putting on makeup you know the, the things that we get so used to doing that way like you know and just going how do I want to be during this year like what structures and foundations will I carry forward but then also reminding like for myself I don't find it as much but I know for other people it's like you know what will give me stability through this year what will give me that sense of feeling anchored through this here, like even just for little minutes, little times, little pockets that way. So at least we can maybe move through it, feeling a little bit more safer in ourselves. And even though we're in a sense, as I said, a lot of people, we're all on together because none, none of us have the answers. None of us know what's coming next. I go, but we all maybe can find what we do need at this minute. That way, like, so we can always just drop in, and go, okay, what do I need at this moment? I actually need to be with the fear. I need to be with the worry. Or God, actually, I feel really kind of happy not to be having to do a three-hour commute today. So I'm going to actually really be in the bliss of not doing that commute, you know, or enjoying having the kids or the kids are driving me mad, you know, like, so I'm going to, you know, figure out what to do with that. But just sitting with the different stages throughout it, but really listening to what I think what we need, like, that way I think is so important at the moment because we have, we have loads of things to be doing and loads of things we could be doing and loads of things we should be doing or feel we should be doing or somebody's told us we should be doing. But I think it's also, we're not going to get this time again. Like, you know, on some level, like if we have the beauty of not having to be on, on if we don't work in the health service, if we're not doing working in the shops and all there, if we're not like in our offices or we're not on the assessor calling the front line and all there, like we're not going to get this opportunity again in our lifetime probably. Do you know, like unless we mm. consciously choose it. So for me I'm like going, this is, you know, it's got two sides. Like a good coin, it has both sides. It's 
a blessing and it's a pain in the ass as well. <laughs> Do you know like, But I'm going, I'm choosing to look at the blessing and go, what's in this for me at this moment in time? Well, I think, you know, there is, there's also, to me, working with a situation in a very realistic way is, is whenever there's a great challenge, um, and no doubt are we all individually and collective faced with, with, with a challenge of, mm-hmm. you know, reimagining all of life differently and so whether it's you know creativity is sort of what comes to mind of of what's what's Mm. of such high importance creative how i deal with this very moment in front of me you know but also how i deal with the whole thing and also how creatively can i draw up um how we create the future um but from from that place the way i think what's really interesting is how our nervous system is being being actually designed and when we're upward regulated into a sympathetic nervous system response so fight flight fear anywhere along that spectrum from very mild to you know uh, maxing out our brain thinks differently than when our nervous system mm-hmm. is in a stable position and and you know what we can be stable within instability there is that way as, as mm-hmm. well. And so when our nervous system is in, in a stability, in a neutral position, we get to access the creative way of our brain, how it can, can think and draw together concepts that we would have never thought from a logical point of view. But when we're in an upward regulated state, we Richie, our brain is just survival. It just wants to put out fires. It's just this right here. I want to get this out of my way. And if that means kicking the can down, um, a few days a few mm. months or weeks you know then that's what your brain will do when you're in fight or flight and to me like what you said we have been given this incredible situation that is both a huge challenge to all of us on so many levels and at the same time this massive opening or portal into reimagining life for ourselves mm. but also collectively in a different way um and, and to me, when, I'm, when we're talking about anchoring and stabilization, I think about the creative potential that comes from that. How, you know, how creatively can I meet the moment? You know, like something as simple as making a cup of tea. How can I make that beautiful? Not even going out and having to buy beautiful Delph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's the little touches. It's, it's our awareness, our attention. And we've been condensed into a small space. So, um, yeah, uh, looking at the smallest, smallest details. But to me, it's, it's the stability within the instability and you know we can look at how can i be stable within everything that changes but then there's another level how can there be how can i connect to that part within me that is stable while the rest within me is freaking out yeah so there is there's there's always these different levels and um and i think playing around for ourselves and I, to me, a more, 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 a very tangible way is like, it's just kind of reflecting on how, how do I feel when I'm unstable or when I'm not anchored or when I'm, you know, to use mm-hmm. other words, when I'm floating about, or if I'm, you know, very uh, fluffy on the edges or when I'm here, there and everywhere, how does it feel when I'm ungrounded? Just to throw a few words out, you know, versus how do I feel centered, calm, mm-hmm. able, trusting, potent, creative, it's like the and I think saw. that is, yeah, yeah. Do you like and we'll you... always ride, right? <laughs> the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Like on the seesaw, you think, no, you see kids run, they run up, they run up, run up, run up. And then they're like tipping the little, no, 
sort of going forward, forward, will, will it, will, will it go, will it go, will it tip, will it tip, you know, that, and to me that that's sort of, and we're in that in all aspects and we're always both like that way. Like, so I think anybody sitting going, they're totally calm with everything's going on at the map, maybe isn't touching into that little tipping point that way. Like, you know, of going, okay, there's probably a part of me that is, can reach into that worry or that fear and all there, like, which I still think is healthy to do because then we're acknowledging those parts of ourselves, but it's both, but like, I just sort of see it as that little run up and you're just waiting for it to go, Ooh, how much, how far do I step? And then do I choose to fully just go fully flying into it? Or do you choose just to step gently towards it and see what's there for me? Like that way, because from when this started, I could feel loads of different things come in. Like, and I was just like, oh, okay, let's just sit with this fear. You know, like and see what's there. Oh God, it's not even about here. I remember that fear from when I was like seven years old. Do you know, like going, oh, that's interesting. So I think for a lot of people, what their experience is to do with what's here, but it's also like everything in life, a knock on effect of other things. And if we have the skills or the ability to feel into that or allow someone to hold up space so we can feel into it that we begin to see that there's other little parts of me that are freaking out at this here and it's not the adult me it's the little child me or little things that have come through where there's other fears and worries and concerns that are still housed in my body that are making themselves known like that way but I found that really interesting and you're kind of just watching them float and going oh hello my little friend and then it'll be gone because it didn't need to stay and it's only happened two or three times you're like oh hello and then other times you're like going should I be more panicked than I am but I also know it's only early days like you know so it's really it's like this dance where little partners are coming in at night but you're not dancing all night with them because <laughs> you're like yeah we don't need to know we don't need to know each other that intimately at the minute <laughs> we just need to sort of wave and hello and get a little sort of nudge off each other but it's yeah it's, it's interesting like <sighs> I think fear inherently is actually a good thing. I think that 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 whole idea of being fearless completely with everything uh, never resonated with me in so many in so many ways, you know. And it's one of the reasons why I n- very rarely teach headstand at the wall with people, because hopefully, if you've never done headstand before, there's a certain level of fear <laughs> as you're going upside down because that's a healthy fear. It's like, I don't know how, to, how this thing works. I don't know how to stabilize myself. I don't know how to breathe. How do I get out? What do I do if I fall over? And, you know, anytime we step into a new situation, I think these are, these are very relevant questions. And so fear can bring up all, all, so many good things. It keeps you in a way safe. It kind of indicates this is a new thing, you know? Um, and so what we would be doing Yes, like we we build up technique over times, strength technique awareness to create headstand in the middle of the room. So then the question is, if after six years of practicing, there's still a massive amount of fear every time you go into headstand, then it's worth really going and going like, where is that fear coming from? Is that really a headstand fear? Is it coming from somewhere completely different? You know, is it is it a reasonable amount of fear? you know, and, and what can you do about, about it? But I think in general to have an upward regulated system right now is, is a healthy response. You know, it's a response to the unknown, Mm. um, and to be very kind with ourselves and to not at any level have any, any sense of fear shaming, you know, and not towards ourselves or towards anyone else. This is not the time to be brave and brush it off and feel nothing quite the opposite. And to me, 
being stable or being the ability to anchor in is both a result of but also a quality that um that allows me then to go into feeling fear right because if there is a certain i'm talking about being stable stable way inside even when everything inside freaks out finding that stable point that can watch the freaking out if you have some level of anchoring possibility into that then i can be with the fear and then the fear can teach me something and you know and i think that is an element that i hope or wish for us all to not oversee you know to allow ourselves to feel the fear and sometimes the fear like you said as well it's um it triggers a fear body that has already been there from individually for us from different levels it, it touches on a collective fear body into that um but if i'm shying away from it altogether or trying to create a life where there's no more fear that's not stable that's not sane that is not healthy at all and we're sort of missing the point in that way so yeah fear is i think such a such an important teacher Mm. definitely and i would think actually just to add to that i would think fear being present does not mean i'm not anchored or stable i think they can very much both yeah. be present. Yeah, to me, it's just like everything is there. And then it's like, if I'm spiritual, if I'm spiritual, then I should just be feeling peaceful. Like, you know, I'm like, no, <laughs> because maybe you're too far in that little bubble sort of thing in your own head. Like, cause I'm like, go and look at the world. Like, how could you be peaceful? Look at people in pain. Like, you're not going to go be in joy looking at what's happening in the world. Like, but it's to know that life is just one big mixed bag of everything. Like that way, I don't think it defines us of how we how we meet it per se. Like you know, as in, like it's you're going to have both. Like that way, you're going to have moments of great calmness. Then you're going to have moments of maybe panic, and then you're going to have moments of joy. And then you're going to be sitting crying, and then you're going to be sitting laughing, and then you don't know if you're coming or going. Do you know, for me, it's just like it's it's at all. Like, and I think to place the expectation on ourselves that if I've done my work, then I should be navigating this differently. It's just like getting a stick and hitting yourself over the head with it. Like, I'm like, no, how we navigate this is, is perfect because we're going to learn more about ourselves, like during it, like that way. Like, so to me, I'm just like, if I, if I sail through this without any reflection whatsoever, and it's not that that's an issue, but I'm like, kind of would have more questions about myself if I did that versus actually feeling the expansive range of emotions that you're capable of feeling and all at the one time, which is what we always teach in all like spiritual teachings is that like everything is there and there's places for all of it, but you just don't sometimes realize there's 300 emotions sitting at your dinner table because you're only maybe looking at one. But now we really are getting to see, I think we're getting to see everything that we teach in it like this little pocket of time like that way like where we're going shit like actually i have like 10 emotions all sitting together and they're actually you know they're kind of getting on all right at the minute even though they're usually they wouldn't or they'd be clashing with each other they're kind of all there like or the mind you're seeing more of what the mind is saying or the emotional body the physical body but i think it's such a it's beautiful in one way because to me it's like when i'm listening to people and chanting people i'm going like but we're getting to see what we talk about in our lives now like so it doesn't just be theory it's like this this is life this and what we teach in the spiritual world is hopefully about life like that all of it is is there and it's everything's for us to be 
sitting with it and we can be learning from it. And we can choose also just to ignore it. Like, but then at least we're choosing and we know we're choosing to do that there. Like, so to me, there's power in all aspects of it. Like, but especially at this time, I just think like it's like let go, it's like learning to just let go of the labels of a spiritual way of responding to it and realizing all is perfect. Like, mm. Yeah. And the, you know, the complexity and the, dimensionality we have as human beings you know we're not necessarily being taught that you can be sad and happy at the same time you know and that's normal or you know different shades of fear coexisting at the very same time triggered by similar but quite different things you know and at the same time there is a sense of calmness and curiosity in it we're not being taught that that's that's normal and that we can hold that we I think we underestimate ourselves as well you know like we live up to that that relative low um, imagination to ourselves of our capacity. You know, we're actually Mm -hmm. able to hold so much more. And I think right now we're going through this growth process where we get to experience that, where we, for those of us who, who feel surprisingly stable, but yet at the same time, like you said, our heart goes out for everyone that's affected by the situation at the, at the moment. And at the same time that we, you know, we experience this amount of, of tiredness Mm -hmm. where we feel like our brain has totally checked out and can't produce any thoughts anymore. And at this very same time, we have these creative spouts, you know, uh, ideas that come out and that all of this can coexist at the very same time. I think it, it stretches not just our imagination of who we think we are, but our felt experience. It's, it's textural, it's, it's tangible. And it, and, um, and sometimes that gives us a fright of being able to like, Oh, I can be both grounded and, you know, slightly, Whoa, you know, <laughs> unsure about what all of this, where this is going, you know, um, that full spectrum of emotion, the full spectrum of energetical householding as well. I can be tired and upward regulated, both at the same time can also happen, you know. Um, so I think the yeah, that there there's so much to to these situations. And I mean, one way I like to look at life is like I look at life as one big cur- cur- like life curriculum you know, uh, but not the way, you know, depends on how we associate, you know, school curriculum, you know, in that attachment to it, um, you know, not necessarily beating with a stick over you in like, you know, very harsh way. But to me, it's more so like the curriculum of like, you know, when you were younger and you were in a playground, you know, you run over to the swings and you get to explore one way of being. And then of course, sometimes you fall off the swing, but then you climb back onto it and then you go over to the seesaw. And do you know, there's all these different ways of learning. And as a child, when you think this is how we grow physically balanced, this is how we grow strong. You know, we hang off the monkey bars and we try all those different things. And but somewhere in our mind, we stop, right? We're 18 or 21 and then, and then that's it. And then we fit into a form and we better hold on to that form and we think that is stable. Mm-hmm. But to me, I mean, to me, uh, that sort of curriculum, that playground goes on into all of life. And sometimes even as an adult, you fall off the swing and it's mm-hmm. still painful, you know? And, and so to me, I always look at like, what is this sort of part of the playground teaching me what is it tickling out of me what ways of being have I never experienced myself to you know can I feel so much compassion because we've never been in a situation like that can I feel Mm -hmm. that much despair can I feel this much curiosity and excitement about thinking about every human being all of our curiosity and all our creativity combining what kind of society and life can we create Mm -hmm. from here and so there's all of that coexisting so I 
feel and I have been teaching this for a long time that you know every moment is perfect like it's just a question how we look at it it's like there's something in there that brings the good out in us mm -hmm. and there's something in there that brings out our darkest side and so then the question is what's my inner narration my tone of voice how I speak to myself as mm -hmm. my fears and my you know my shadow sides maybe those parts that I don't want anyone to know come out and then also the other sides are coming out so um yeah I just think this is this is this is all although a very never <laughs> this situation has never been here in this in this way I think in its essence it's still doing that there's still a life curriculum in that and that's how I'm choosing to engage with it you know mm -hmm. what are you teaching me what are you inviting me into what is it time to let go of that maybe I thought I wasn't ready but on a deeper level I actually was ready and I need life to convince yeah. me like a really good friend like you know you don't need those stabilizers or the parents on the bike you know anymore you're good to go without those stabilizers so um but we we, we only know by really engaging with it on an individual level as well mm. Mm. yeah totally not well like my favorite one is uh, what am I being invited to pay attention to in this moment at this time not really, but yeah definitely that with loads of questions that we can be holding around this time but I'd love to know if you could share a few practices that people at home could do to allow them to access a sense of stability within and without or a sense of being anchored from within or without what would you not even I'm not going to use the word recommend, but what would be suggestions or things that you would lay out on the table so that they can come and just like a good party, pick and choose what yeah. feels tasty for them? To me, um, the body is always part of it. So coming into embodiment, whether that means taking hot and cold showers, whether that means, you know, giving yourself a good massage, dry brushing. If you have a partner that you're living with at the moment, give each other massages, you know, whether it's running up and down the stairs, whether you're taking a full yoga class, um, there are millions of ways, but ultimately I would say embodiment. Think about how much can you sense your body right here, right now? And what could you do to feel more? Walk with your feet on the cold floor then step into, mm -hmm. you know, into a bathtub with hot water. You know, anything that awakens the senses. I think there is so much intelligence within our physicality, within our cells, that we know on a deeper level to self-regulate, oftentimes much more in our conscious mind. So to mm -hmm. me, coming into the body is, is like, I call it often like body prayer in a way. It's like there's a sacredness in the movement, there's a willingness to come back and trusting in that innate intelligence of the physicality. That is one big thing. Um, and I think everyone can do that to some extent in some shape or form. Mm -hmm. um, the other aspect, I have two, three. The second one is, uh, well, I have, I have a lot more, but I think I keep it to three. <laughs> so embodiment is number one. Number two, rituals making whatever you're doing take one or two things that you do every day but make them beautiful whatever beautiful means to you visually beautiful sensually beautiful um because what it does it refines your attention it slows everything down and again in that way when we start to slow down a little bit and pay more attention to the very moment in front of us it's very funny sometimes when we go so much into detail our awareness is being flipped and gives us the greatest context 
And sometimes we need to go into big context and we get the answer to the smallest details. But to me, doing something in a in a ritualistic way, um, cup of tea, light, you said it, lighting a candle, um, but even even just the way you make your bed, you know, like you need to make it anyway. Mm-hmm. So make it in a way that all of your heart and soul is in it. It gives you neutrality. And the third one is, is, is have fun in some shape or way. The way I like to have fun is to learn something new do something in a different way. So whether it's picking mm. up and learning the guitar, whether it's, you know, starting to write a book, uh, whether it's, I don't know, if you've never practiced yoga, start practicing yoga. If you've never done your Reiki, do Reiki, mm. uh, get a puzzle, um, you know, do something that invokes some sort of creativity that you're like some sort of uh, fun that is a little bit laughter. And I think what's really important is for one another um, with the people that you're at home spending the time with uh, laughing with them, because we can through laughter and lightheartedness at time really stabilize each other. It's the community. So something for the body, mm-hmm. something as a ritual, and then, the the lightheartedness laughter ideally with somebody else around you mm-hmm. what about Beautiful. you oh gosh what would mine be well obviously like the ritual is always a big part of it like that way but it would be to keep it very simple because i think sometimes we think ritual has to be like a three-hour process and it has to be on a full moon or a new moon uh, with a certain alignment and a certain time and i'm like it's it's there it's available for us at all moments it's the intention. So mine's actually the intentional ritual. Not where like so it's setting the intention by lighting the candle. Like like by lighting the candle, this is me tending to my inner flame. Not where this is me tending to my heart. This is me tending to my creativity. Or this is this lighting this candle is me tending to me and my family today. Do you like and no matter what way that might unfold during the day, depending if someone decides to do their own haircut with one of the kids, that way you know, but that intention is sat there creating that space like that way or sitting down and just like and for me it's the hands as well would be another one like so it can be like you know it can be simple things as cooking it can be I know somebody's chatting to me recently about going there clearing out their balcony um because they had seats sitting on oh they're not going don't need seats at the moment they go well, I, I need greenery I need to see some greenery because I'm not going to get to the park so they have a few wee plants that they have in around the house but they're bringing them all out to to their balcony so they can see it so for me it's the hands i know other people may say may knit may crochet may draw and paint and it's not about you know at the end of this i need to be able to show a big blanket or i need to show like you know have 12 pieces of artwork that are displayable for the crowd to see it's just for me it's that space of moving but in a way that we often don't get the time to if we're maybe in full-time jobs we're going oh i'll i'll start at that class when i have a bit more time i'll do it when i have my holidays or you know i'll sit and read that book when i have that time or i'll I'll doodle or i'll I'll get that wee hat and it next week or next month or next year but to do those little things with the hands because they're also very meditative but without having to make it meditative or without having to have it for me this is a space where things don't have to be anything so I'm sitting drawn and I'm sitting doodling just to sit and draw and doodle like I'm sitting reading just to read not to memorize it so you can regurgitate it to a class or you know to your colleagues or to you know to write an essay on it or anything just for the sake of doing like you know of being there and doing that because it feeds you in some way I, I those are like little things and for me it's always if you have something I have a couple of teddy bears 
I haven't, they're not there, but I have a little doll, um, a woman made for me for my 40th. And I, I have that, it's always on my altar. And I have my uh, shamanic masa. So those two will come with me into different rooms at different times as little anchor points, but also as healing sort of talisman that way like so they're reminding me okay yep that's like you no know, have the little conversation and it sounds crazy have the little conversation with the doll in a sense that way but you know kind of give it the worries or i'd say to people you know hold a stone or something that you might have a piece of jewelry and just you know set the intentions into that so then when you're wearing that that that's a little anchor point to come back to like i like little tangible things that i can reach for that i have that way because i find otherwise at these times, it's very easy to go up into the head and try and analyze, figure it out and try and, or just get lost in it. So I find little things that like, say, like jewelry that might mean something to be able to hold on to that or a certain ring that you look at reminds you, okay, we've survived so much already. You know, I remember that ring came maybe from my mother who's not here anymore. We, we get through everything like that way or little, I, like the little toy things I like that way because they always remind me of that inner child as well. So you're, you're, you're reminding yourself you're tending to that little part of you, but also involve the family like, you know, some people go to me when they practice Reiki, but like my kids sit beside me now. And they're like, you know, is that bad? And I'm like, that's bloody brilliant. Like, so bring them in, like, that way. So it's just sitting together and breathing for two minutes, sitting together and we all watch ourselves light the one candle, you know, or give each child lights the candle a different day or, you know, like, or we all make our tea together, but we just sit now together with our tea or the simple things, like, I think are what will get us through it, but maybe allow us to see the beauty in those little simple things, like, that because sometimes we're getting the chance now to be in these, because I would work a lot of weekends and I was saying to Liam, like, I go, my God, this is the third weekend we've been together in a row. (laughs) It's not that we don't see each other. I'm like, that's that's deadly. Like, do you know, like to really just go see the beauty in what's being given to us. Like, so it might be, yeah, like you're not getting all the work you think you should be doing or the kids aren't getting homeschooled in the way you think they should be. That way, but to see the beauty maybe of getting to see them draw or getting to see them play or getting to see them do the Joe Wicks workout sort of thing, like the wait and sent wee videos of those. Like, but to really just see the beauty in all those wee aspects too. Like, so I think it's just like watching for the small things is what I would say. And that's probably about six million things, you know, me, Sabella. That way, but they can pull from what they want. <laughs> I think children and, and, and pets and animals are also such just beautiful for that because they keep us lighthearted. And to me, I know when, when, when I'm stuck, which I would consider not stabilized or anchored, yeah. Oscar knows that. So if I'm too long on a computer writing something or if, if, if I'm, you know, in that headspace mm. on that worrisome, he, he just comes over and I notice it because when I cuddle him, there is a, there's a certain absent mindedness there, right? Or there's something that was like, you know, where your perception mm. of time is there. Whereas if I'm in a different space, I, I could like spend hours with him, you know, and I wouldn't even notice hours are gone by. Yeah. So children and pets because of their very essence of you know being embodied way more than we adults oftentimes are Mm. um be around with them and learning from them and i think in a family dynamic that is such a such an interesting you know shift of dynamic you know where where we can learn something from our children uh, in a way how they live life yeah and i think that that has so much in it and i think in that way apart from obviously being very difficult to just 
change over where you go, you have homeschool and the reality of cooking and, you know, and like I have a friend as well and she's, she's home alone with her daughter and has to, you know, raise her and run a Mm full-time job. Like, you know, like many of us are doing, um, there is that pull, but she, she also did say that it has changed the relationship to her daughter. They were always very, very close, but you know, she's teaching her now these things and she, she allows her daughter to teach her. Yeah. And I think it's that willingness. So yeah, yeah, gorgeous. Beautiful. So that is sort of our musing for this week around stability, about anchoring. Um, Yeah, I hope you found it um, thought-provoking. Hopefully you took as well a couple of um, ideas maybe from it. And um, yeah and we wish you a a gorgeous week um know that we're here to connect anytime you need to um yeah anything you want to add rosie Mm, no just take some of the little nuggets and play with them and find what works for you as an individual and then if you want to share you can let us know what works because it might give us more ideas too yeah i'd love to hear from you for sure cool thank you and we'll see you next week We'd like to thank you for listening to the Earth School podcast hosted by Rosie McNally and BB Dalman. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdalman.com and thethirstysoul.com.